actually got a handful of things, little things that I wanted to either talk about or ask you about. Okay. The most recent is that, oh, this is what I wanted to mention, and it's been gnawing at me ever since the last time we recorded, and it didn't even, like, it didn't even, like, hit me until after, until as I was, like, so we record, I re-listen to the episode, the whole thing, as I'm editing it, right? Mm-hmm. After it gets edited and Lucky published, you. right? After it gets edited and published, I then listen to it again Ooh. just to make sure that because sometimes with GarageBand, I'm sure someone has heard it on older episodes. There's like this weird digital artifacting effect that like messes up all the voices. Mm-hmm. It used to happen a lot. It doesn't happen as much now that I'm using Julia's new laptop. But so I re-listen after it's up just to make sure that you know start to finish it sounds normal. Mm-hmm. And as I'm listening to it that last time, I have this revelation of like, we've been recording this podcast for, I want to say three years now, at least maybe longer, a little bit longer than that. Maybe a little bit less. I think if you like combined all the minutes we spent recording right. over three years, we've amassed like <laughs> 30 like hours. a good six months. <laughs> yeah. But regardless, for over the course of three years, right, we've been doing this. And yet, the cordial minuet creator found you through your work email. (laughs) You know what I mean? It wasn't like, oh, this guy has his podcast. It's like, (laughs) how can I find this guy? And he has to go through your work email. Right. So I don't know if that's like, on one hand, it's kind of like, Kind of like what I want for the podcast, right? Because I'm, yeah. I, I kind of like want a low profile. I want mm-hmm. it to just be like a casual conversation that you drop in on. Yeah, and I don't want it to be about us so much. But on the other hand, it's a little bit of a blow to my ego. <laughs> right? Just a little bit. It's kind of like he couldn't have just found the podcast. I mean, come on, guy. right? Right. He should have said, uh, "Are you Keith Krepke of Everything Is Interesting fame?" <laughs> The right. very one. Hey, are you that guy that really doesn't like getting his hair cut? <laughs> Who has horrific experiences every time he goes into your haircut. Yep, that's me. <clears throat> so that was my my first my first note. The most recent one is an issue that I've 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 started having uh, within the past couple of weeks, and it's that now I'm. I've been um, riding my bike to work mm-hmm. for the past, uh, well, for the past two and a half months, more Do or less. you ride any portion of that distance without your hands on the handlebars? No. Are you one of those guys? Nope. Like if I see in the morning, you're just kind of no. soaking up the morning In the breeze. morning, no. I've done that a handful of times when I'm exercising, but that's just to like do something on my phone. Because having my hand, one hand on the handlebar uh-huh. and having the other hand on my, because my phone is mounted to my bike, it like just shakes around too much. So I'll take, and then I'll just do it with no hands. But that's is like that more or less, less dangerous than 30 than, seconds? Um, than texting or driving. I mean, I'm on a bike path. So if it is dangerous, it's literally only dangerous to me. Or if some unfortunate guy's jogging by yeah. and I crash into him. But anyways, so I'm riding my bike to work. It's a short ride. It's like 10, 15 minutes at the most. But 
the way that I go to work. So I used to work at the building like right across the street from my neighborhood, right? Mm-hmm. Now I work in a building that's two and a half miles down the road. So when I'm riding my bike to and from work now, I am riding past a lot of people that I used to work with, right? As they're driving to and from work. So the issue I'm having is like the first couple of times I saw them on the commute, it's kind of like novel, right? And we wave at each other and it's like, oh, hey, there's George on his bike again. And you wave. Mm -hmm. But now two and a half months into it, it's kind of like, do I keep waving at these people every single day? Like, I know I'm going to see them. We know we're going to drive by each other. Do we keep waving at each other? And it's really just one person, my old boss, Mabel. And the first couple of times, it's like, oh, hey. Because, you know, I haven't worked with her for like five years. So we wave. Do they like honk the horn when they drive by or anything? No, Mabel doesn't. But other people have have honked their horns. Mabel doesn't, though. But I, I did know that like I saw her. Like the first time she honked and I saw her wave. And then from that point forward, I just kind of assumed she's been waving because I've been waving. Oh, well. But now I'm thinking she could be she's not waving yeah. anymore. Yeah. And I'm just riding by. It's like a like a total dope throwing my hand up and waving. Right. And she's probably like, all right, I get it. Right. Like we're, we're not going to do this every single day for the next 30 years. Yeah. Right. Or whatever. So I'm, I'm like caught in this weird place of like, I don't know if I should be waving or not. I think you should only respond if they initiate. Like, especially if you're like biking yeah. or jogging, and, you know, you see somebody, you know, it's just like in public, like, uh, if they make a head nod, then I will, but you don't sure. have to initiate, especially you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also weird because, uh, and I was telling Julia this the other day when I was riding my bike, somebody honked their horn at me and I assumed it was a, a friendly, friendly honk, right? And I look at the car, never seen this car in my life. I yeah. have no idea who it was. I don't know. I mean, ultimately, I feel like they had to be honking at me because it was just us. There was nobody else on the bike path with me. There was no other cars around. Okay. I had, I had a similar um, situation happen to me today. So at work, I have to park in a, in a parking garage. Yeah. And I'm always on the third floor. And so... That's how I justify my exercise. I park on the third level instead of the top. So I'm walking up and I get to the third floor and I had to leave a little late today. And there's a lady getting into her car. And it's like the stairs go right into the car area. And her car's kind of like five feet in front of the stairway. Right. Mm-hmm. And she just. She's like getting in, in the act of getting, and she looks up at me and she goes, hey, how's it going? Like, big smile, right. big wave. And it was like, a, oh, I think she it was, it was like, oh, hey, how's it going? Never seen her before in my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm just walking up the stairs. I have like two stairs to go. Number one, her greeting was so like assaultive. That I lost track of like the steps and the stairs, and I almost fell because mm-hmm. I just was not expecting. It. Right. Um, it was like as if I if I got to the top and then a deer had just jumped across my path. Sure. 
And so I go, oh, hey, good. Give her a wave back. Mm -hmm. The door is already closing at that point. Like she barely hears my answer. And uh, I was walking to my car and I think someone's really happy at the end of, you know, the work day and like sarcastically kind of mocking her in my head and the way she Mm -hmm. looked. She looked like the Joker a little. Like she was just so like manically happy. And then I was like, why am I such a jerk? She was just happy to be going home mm-hmm. and like right. I yeah. I caught her in a happy moment. Sure. Like this over enthusiastic greeting tumbled out. Like, why couldn't I just like accept that and walk away and not think like, gee, lady, like tone it down. Like, you know what I mean? What's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of what I feel like with the waving thing. Exactly. exactly. Because it's like waving is easy. Like it doesn't yeah. cost me anything to wave. So why don't I just keep waving? You know what I mean? But at the same time, it's like, I'm going to be waving for the rest it's of my not, life. It's not in our soul. We're not wavers and we're not greeters. Especially at the end of the work day. Like I was, uh, have you ever been assaulted by a greeting though? Like literally had it be something that was shocking? I don't think so. I, I didn't think so either until today. But it, that's the only way that I, I can like, Think of it, I'm not trivializing people who are like halted mm-hmm. in any way, but I really I felt like I have a basis here to go to HR because <laughs> like that was I almost fell down the stairs. Yeah, all right. <laughs> um, I guess the only time I felt like that is there is a guy I work with, um, or who works in the building I work in, who is uh he's like a crew guy, but he's like one of these like he's he's uh he's like in his mid probably in his mid to late 60s maybe mid to early 60s black guy and he's Mm -hmm. like really 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 um religious and so i kind of feel it's strange because whenever he greets you it's like always super hyper religious god bless you blah 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 and he's like, and ev- everything is couched in like religious language. Mm-hmm. Even if he asks you how you do, how you're doing, it's like somehow he works God into that question. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so that always feels like it's like it's like simultaneously kind of like comforting and charming, but also feels a little accusatory. Mm-hmm. Some for some reason, you know what I mean? Get on my level, right? So that's that's kind. Of, I feel like it probably falls in that in that area a little. You bit. should one up him. You should be like. And the lamb's blood be with you today, sir. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. Just keep referring to the lamb's blood. Here's an idea I had for the internet, right? So, uh, Oh, a, great. What the uh, internet <laughs> needs. Another idea. <laughs> a long time ago, or maybe a few years, I don't know if it's as big of a deal now, but there is a huge debate over anonymity and, like, should we be able to be anonymous online? Mm-hmm. And like, should we be able to make all these terrible comments and, and remain anonymous? Yeah. Anonymous. And I feel like a sort of like good compromise in between total anonymity and having to use your true identity would be uh, having some way to having to uh, verify your age and have that be like visible. You know what I mean? So like, and this stems mostly from everything that I'm reading at the Donald subreddit, because I feel like <laughs> if I went into one of those threads and I saw like, Oh, this is like a 14 year old kid. 
I would not feel as bad about some of the horrible stuff I'm reading in there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need their whole identity. I don't need to know where they live. I don't need to know their race, their sex. I just need to know that they're not 21 years old and actually voting. Listen, what if, <laughs> what if we do a further compromise and we say, like, an age range? Like, group it by three years. So you could tell sure. that they were, like... Between 12 and 15, and between 15 yeah. and 18. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine with me, too. There you go. I just need to know that this person is not, like, has not lived into their early 30s and is, like, saying some of the stuff that gets said in that subreddit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it is depressing in there. Yeah. Why do you still <laughs> go there? Uh, I, don't as, I don't as much, but, like, if something makes it to the... To, to all I'll, I'll 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 dip in and and also <clears throat> when there's big when there's big news i like to go in just to see how they're spinning it they, they and they are always spinning it they they love the comey firing right i haven't gone i haven't looked oh but i'm sure they do i'm sure that didn't well pass your, what i what i've seen is what i've seen mostly is uh, uh i don't get it liberals hated this guy when he was chasing hillary uh, now they love him that Trump fires him. And it's kind of like, you know what I mean? It just is like, I don't even, it, it, it just is, I feel like where I'm at with most of this stuff now, it just is like, I, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's like, I feel like I know what the argument is. It's willful but then, ignorance. But, right. But then seeing it, it just is like, it just sucks all the life out of you. And you're just like, <laughs> I can't deal with this. I can't deal with this. Because like, I can't take it like, honestly, I guess. Like, I just can't honestly believe that that someone is genuinely so that someone around my age or with any sort of life experience genuinely looks at that scenario and thinks all these liberals are such flip floppers because they hated this guy when he was chasing Hillary, but now they love him now that Trump doesn't like him. You know what I mean? I can't honestly think that somebody truly believes that. I I can't get over still like this. This goes back to like when I was in like middle school and first trying to understand what the difference between um, Democrat and Republican, I, I never could reconcile why people were anti big government, but like pro big corporation. Right. As if like the corporate, like just look at any court, like calling, I don't care who your internet provider or, satellite cable provider is that's never a good service call like right nobody ever dials the number and thinks like oh this will be a nice smooth five minutes right and then the solution is never like oh that was satisfying you know and and so why are you why would you be advocating for big anything right like i mean where's the party of just like small everything mm. like uh well, i guess it starts a small population that's where my my political viewpoint gets a little sure a little tricky yeah how do we deal with all these people yeah um and then the last thing i had was i was uh, i had to take this uh fema online fema class for my job uh just to familiarize myself with like 
I don't I don't know to be honest I I, I don't know because <laughs> I like that you tried yeah <laughs> I had to familiarize myself with that you know what <laughs> what I ended up doing is like because it's literally you know what it, you know what it was it was literally um a four to five hour long class quote unquote that's uh-huh. done online but it's not an actual class it's like there's like a 30 second um tutorial like a, not tutorial like, like intro video and then it's four to five hours of here's two or three sentences in a pop-up window that mm. you read mm. and then you click next to go to the next one. Mm-hmm. And it's four to five hours of that. And that I was like, good. you know what? I'm not doing this. And it had the option to just go take the test. So I was like, just give me the test. I can answer these questions, right? They're not going to be that complicated. Um, and so what I ended up doing was just Googling the questions. And then I found a website that just had all the answers on it. <laughs> so I was like, all right, easy enough. But anyways, uh, when I was creating the account, you had to create a like FEMA ID or whatever. And so you now have they're to, tracking you, right? You have to create an account password and then it asks you your security, your security questions. Mm-hmm. And the three security questions were in this order. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your childhood nickname? What fire crotch, right? <laughs> what city did you grow up in? Where were you when nine 11 happened? <laughs> <laughs> wait and they were not you could not change the questions <laughs> what? i was like whoa that's quite a big leap there uh FEMA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they really went for it and and th- that that is so bizarre because like anybody can take this test right i mean this is not well i mean like, i imagine you have to be at least let's see no not not age-wise but i'm saying like this is the same test that they'd offer people who work in your job in like new york yeah. So it's like, where were you when 9 It's like, right. I was running from a building right. class. Exactly. Like, yeah. what you want? Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, that's true. Jeez. Or maybe even someone who's not even from America, right? Yeah. So they're like, I don't know. I don't know where right. I was when Sleeping. that happened. Like, obviously, it's a big deal, but it's like. Yeah. So I thought that was a little. Uh, that, to me, sounds like they're fishing. That, that's, <laughs> that, that's a way of like. Listen, we are going all out to catch these terrorists. <laughs> I got a good idea. Let's make one security question related to uh, the greatest act yeah. of terror on our uh, soil. <laughs> right. Yeah. I thought but, you were going to say it was like Trump related. No. That would be, nope. that'd be something that I could see being enacted in like two years. <laughs> you know. How much do you love Donald Trump? How much do you hate them? Media, <laughs> the liberal media. Right. Did you take that questionnaire that was going around from his? I did. That thing was crazy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was like a fun little, um, uh, <clears throat> like absurd. It was like a game, like just a. Yeah. It, it was. It was a portal into another dimension. <laughs> yeah. Have you have you seen? Did you see? He's trying to get a electoral college map hung in the white house oh is he really <laughs> well he just signed the executive order for vote to, for the voter fraud investigation thank god yeah finally what if this like i mean of course you know this is going to be a home team investigation probably from the get-go that's my guess yeah well it's being headed by mike pence so. right <laughs> right you know but i just i just want to know like I want to be there when Mike Pence gets the actual real report that like there is no like widespread voter right. fraud. Yeah. And then what does he 
like, are we ever going to hear about this committee again? Right. Will we get some kind of like mealy mouth, like of uh, widespread voter fraud is still a concern uh, mm. for future, uh, right. you know, like, I just wonder if this is just going to go silently away. Yeah. Just to show. Um, and I read the Alex Jones article you sent me. Oh, yeah, yeah. What'd you think? It was uh, interesting. I mean, <clears throat> it's pretty much what I expected. I mean, more or less. <laughs> the the op- I thought the opening story... The opening story was, was great. great. <laughs> yeah, the opening story about him getting in a fight after his public access television show with someone who called himself Space Hitler. <laughs> yeah that was great and he pretended to have a gun right at one point and and then the guy just basically knocks him right knocks him out yeah that was hilarious yeah it was more or less what i expected from alex jones yeah and it was centered around the court Mm -hmm. his his legal his uh custody stuff yeah i mean I, i guess the the end result that i can't take away is that he is, he's dealing with things. I don't know to what extent, but he's not. I think he's just a crazy person. Exactly. Exactly. I, I didn't yeah. want to. Like literally a crazy person. Exactly. He's, right. he's uh, mentally ill, which makes it like, it's, it's hard because what do you do when there's somebody who is like legitimately affecting the fabric of the country, but he's he legitimately is mentally ill. And then also he is like kind of funny to and easy to mock. Mm -hmm. And it's such a, a a, like a bunch of conflicting emotions that I have about him. Right. Um, Because he's entertaining, but also like, no, this guy, like if he ever got power, he would, well, I mean, he does to an extent now with just his audience and yeah, but but, but it's his the, audience. The like, inroads he has with Trump, suppo- allegedly, allegedly, exactly. So I I think he's still on the fringe. I think he'll always be on the fringes. Yeah, which you know, what I mean, like we we've always had people on the fringes, but this is the. Well, I mean, he doesn't seem dangerous in like a physical sense. He's well, just, that, that that's what just the like first. A, maniacal blowhard right that, you know that's what, what the first story kind of shows yeah like he's like he, completely impotent when it impotent, comes to physical exactly. violence exactly yeah but he's uh, a blowhard yeah. but he is legitimately like mentally ill exactly yeah as is most people that i feel like i end up laughing at and making fun of and then it's like two months down the road you're like uh yeah that person i probably shouldn't be that into laughing at that person yeah i don't know i I think he's Are you interested in this Roger Stone documentary that is out on Netflix yet, or it's coming out on mm-hmm. Netflix? I haven't. What's it called? I haven't heard of it. Uh, I I don't know what they're calling it. I forgot. But uh, but Roger Stone just seems like a complete lunatic as well. Uh, yeah, l- l- lunatic. I guess lunatic's a little strong, but uh, totally just in it for himself. 
Um, but yeah, that's either coming on Netflix or it's out. I'm interested in that. I'm going to look it up. Sure. I'll interrupt you if you want to move on to... I know you've got some burning topics. I don't have any burning topic. I watched the Norm MacDonald special. Did you watch that yet? I haven't watched yet. Um, Get Me Roger Stone. Comes out tomorrow. There it is. Uh, what do you think of the Norm MacDonald special? It's good. I mean, if you followed Norm MacDonald as closely as I have over the past couple of years, you will have heard most of the jokes. Mm-hmm. And I think you... I think I think Norm's strong suit is casual conversation, right? I don't think he's best served as a stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. So I feel like a lot of the jokes he uses in the act, I've heard him do better <laughs> on his podcast or right. on a late night show, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um but there's, but it's still really funny, and it's. And I'm sure it'll be super funny, especially if you're n- unfamiliar with, if you haven't heard all these jokes before. But it also made me think about like, um, because he is like self-proclaimed like hater of, I think what he calls confessional comedy or something like that, mm-hmm. which is like you look at like Louis C.K. who's had a special out, an hour special out every year for the past five years or whatever and or like mark maron does the same thing and then norm mcdonald who's like a comedy legend and throughout the span of his entire career he's done three specials right that's because he just like tells jokes Mm -hmm. and i think that difference is interesting and it's like easy it feels like it's easier to get pulled into with like louis ck it seems like a dark uh double-edged sword to me because like it's easy to like get kind of get like pulled into that and to like feel like you're relating to Louis C.K. Right. But then when you hear like some of the darker stuff that he's actually done or has been strongly alleged to have done, it's kind of like um like oh maybe I don't relate to this guy as much as I thought I did. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe these aren't really like maybe these jokes have a little bit more truth to them than I want them to. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Norm's special is just, it's like just like an hour long of just like jokes. You know what I mean? Like you're not getting really any like great insights into his life or the world. They're just really funny jokes. Right. But I love Norm MacDonald, so, you know, I liked it a lot. Ah. <sighs> um. <laughs> I just I've I've so <clears throat> we used to do a podcast with a friend of ours. Uh-huh. The fantasy sports podcast called The Degenerates, mm-hmm. and I uh, have kept it going since that podcast. And 
You've kept your gambling habit going, not the it's podcast not itself. Gam- it is gambling. Okay. Give me a break. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, so yeah, and I've had I've had some you know success since sure. then, which which has made it worth it for me, and I've I've enjoyed it. Um, and the last few days, I've set a goal for myself, try and figure it out how how to keep going and uh not get like over invested with an idea and be like I'm all in and lose sure. what money I have so just trying to keep it how how can I keep it going what's the best way to protect me because mm-hmm. I tend to get excitable after I win a little bit it's like let's do this so the last two days have been really good slowly growing like just starting with a little bit and just slowly growing that and so today was a day that i kind of pushed a little bit Mm -hmm. more than maybe i should have right and not not crazy not crazy but you know feeling a little bit of confidence coming yeah i think i figured this thing out like Mm -hmm. how to play smart and uh, there's a, a baseball game, Washington Nationals. Right. And uh, I played a few people and talked to our friend Chris, who's on that podcast with us. And uh, he was like, hey, yeah, th- there's rain in the area. And I was like, yeah, every, everyone that I've looked at, they said, don't worry about it. And I follow like two weather guys who just update on fantasy mm-hmm. sports weather. Wow. One of them literally said, if the game gets postponed tonight, I will, I will stop doing it. <laughs> that, was, that was the tweet. Mm-hmm. Well, they postponed the game. Right. Like, after everything started. And you cannot change right. players after the yeah. game starts. So I was like, well, I played, I played one guy a lot. But there's still some where I'm, I'm safe. Mm-hmm. Uh because he didn't make it in every lineup. So I'm like, I'm still, I'm still, I can still get through today. Uh, it wasn't feeling too bad. Well, I just so happened just to check, looking at the Roger Stone thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, let me, let me see what's going on really sure. quick. And I realized that there were a few players that I happened to overlook that were involved in the game, not just the guy that I thought. Mm-hmm. Right. And I've just realized that literally. So you're just totally like boned, yeah. Everything is done. That yeah. you watched, what just happened was mm-hmm. me realizing that. Right. Everything to like this whole night is a wash. Sure. And the one thing that we talked about in the degenerates is that daily fantasy sports finds new ways for you to lose. Maybe it's uh, it's a your guy gets injured. Maybe. The electricity goes out and mm-hmm. they they only play half of a game. Maybe you made a mistake and you thought you made a change and you didn't. Right. Whatever, right? Yeah. I've never lost this way before. And and literally, <laughs> literally afterwards, like the weather guy, both weather guys are like, we're sorry, we have no idea mm-hmm. like what happened. And people are furious. Mm-hmm. And basically, it shouldn't, by all accounts, it shouldn't have been postponed, but mm-hmm. it was. And it, when something like that happens, you just feel like, you know, there's a lesson. Like, somebody's sending me a message. Am I going to hear it? Or tomorrow morning, am I going to wake up and be like, keep plugging. Get back to that grind. 
and I know I'm going to go back to the grind. But yeah. for right now, it hurts. I'm a little upset. I'm a little frustrated. Uh, what are you going to do? So yeah. onward. How do you feel about the NBA playoffs so far? It's been great. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, by the way, feel free to cut out that whole thing. That was me processing. I'm, I'm sure. better now. Sure. Um, you're not going to cut that out, are you? No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> I was kind of, honestly, I was kind of trying to, <laughs> to find the longest way to explain it so it wouldn't be uh-huh. at all kind of I mean, useful. I'll listen to it back and maybe it'll be cut out. Maybe it won't. <sighs> okay. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I think what you hope for is one series like the San Antonio series. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we've had that, the Boston series in Washington. Yeah, but all those games have been blowouts. Yeah, I but... I mean, they're going back and forth on the wins, but the games themselves are blowouts. Yeah. Everything but the Spurs and Rockets series have been blowouts. Yeah, but I, I can see it setting up for a, for a interesting kind of next two like obviously next two rounds of the championship series which is going to be the warriors right i mean it's going to be warriors calves which i think will be a more interesting series than you do i think yeah maybe i'm i the playoffs to me have been really disappointing cuz they just it's just been all blowouts i mean the the calves pacers series weren't blowouts but it was like why are the calves struggling so hard to beat the pacers <laughs> Um, but then after that, <clears throat> but they still swept them. Right. And then mm-hmm. after that, it was blowouts with, uh, the hot Haw- with Hawks. Is that who they played next? Yeah. Everything's been a blowout except for the Spurs rocket series or like Clippers jazz. And it's like, I mean, who wants yeah, to who- watch a injured jazz and injured Clippers play well, each other? So I guess one, one thing is the, especially the Clippers, uh, in jazz games like West Coast, I obviously haven't pushed myself to watch those. Sure. So I'm kind of only responding to watching the Cavs play, which I just enjoy watching LeBron play. Yeah. Now, like, now, yeah, those those have been the only games I've enjoyed playing. I don't know if it's because I somewhat consider the Cavs my team. I just like watching mm-hmm. them because I'm from Ohio. Or if it's because LeBron is so good, yeah, that it's just like it's just is, it's just as amazing to watch him. Exactly, what seems like single handedly beat a team, yeah, and like demor completely demoralize a team. Like with the Warriors, it's like this, it's like this a team effort, right? Where it's like no matter who you give it to, you're going to get beat, right? And mm-hmm. that's demoralizing on one level. But then with the Cavs, it's like. It just is like just LeBron just beating this team by yeah. himself. And just like, it just is amazing to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I think I just enjoy it just watching him play. Yeah. And then the San Antonio series has just been totally worth every second. The San Antonio uh, series has been good for me because of how much I like, I dislike James Harden and the way he plays mm-hmm. and the way that they are now defending him by just putting their hands up and staying by him so he can't flop around to get a foul call and free throws. And that has been so satisfying. <laughs> <clears throat> I yeah. just can't stand James Harden. Yep. And like I, I can recognize what he's done this season 
in terms of like as an MVP candidate. I hate the way he plays. I, just I hate it. I will still say, um, and not not. I will say, crowd reactions from basically us middle-aged white guys mm-hmm. it doesn't get better than basketball reactions sure. <laughs> yeah. like every crowd shot there is some again m- one of my peers mm-hmm. just looking like a total goofball yeah and i love it yeah like, <laughs> that's one thing that makes the nba stand out are all the super middle-aged white guy fans and how into it they get yeah and the moves they choose to express their fandom i just have a feeling watching them react to basketball live like there's no other point in their life where they do those (laughs) movements like there's just something about the game of basketball that makes them respond that way right it's like i'm here you know what i'm just gonna do it I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it, man. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Right. And then they do it. Yeah. It's like they've been psyching themselves up. Yeah. Like all day to get in there. And then every action they do is done out of this super psyched up, like hyper state. Yeah. Uh, and it is, it's hilarious. Yeah. So Warriors, Cavs, you think Warriors win? Uh, you know, well, here's the thing. I think it sets up to be, you know, I look at some of the, best finales that have happened in the last few years it's cubs in the world series it's you know basically anybody beating um the patriots in the super bowl um and uh i think that you have another upset possible which either you want equally matched teams like what we're getting in the san antonio game Mm -hmm. or, or series or you want a potential kind of heavyweight that gets taken out by one of the best players ever. And if the Cavs win, it will be basically one player that beats the Warriors. Right. Which would be amazing to watch. Yeah. Um now the the, the odds are not in the Cavs' favor. Right. But <laughs> exactly. uh but I would like to see that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's part of part of my problem with this season and with these playoffs is that the Warriors winning the championship feels like an inevitability. You know what I mean? Like like they were the greatest regular season team of all time, literally of all time last year. And in the off season they added probably the second or third best player in the league, like literally to their starting lineup without losing anybody of substance. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, how do you beat that? You know what yeah. I mean? And it's like, but I, remember the Cavs series last year? Sure. Like, that was Exactly. And that was honestly, that series is the greatest sporting event that I will ever see in my life ever. Yeah. Because, and even if the Cavs win this year, last year will still be the greatest because it had never been done before. Mm-hmm. And there was never like an inkling once they went down three to one that it would be done. Like yeah. watching that comeback was literally the greatest sporting event I'll ever see in my entire life. Yeah. And I know that. 
but this year, yeah, it does, it feels like an, an inevitability, and it's like I don't expect the Cavs to get blown out, but like I don't expect them to get four would but I don't expect them to win more than two games at the most. Um, with that being said, if they do somehow win the series, the entire series, I think that makes LeBron the greatest player of all time. Like above Jordan, number one, if, if you can somehow beat this team in the championship, I, I think that, I I think there's probably still a little bit room for debate and it's arbitrary to begin with, but I think that makes that puts him above Jordan in my eyes. And like right now, I think you could have a little bit of a debate, but I still would say, you know, um, Jordan's the best as our friend Blair yelled out at a Chicago Bulls game <laughs> yeah, once when he was like nine. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still, I think you get, it's, I think it's still debatable. I mean, especially if you're looking at like pure, pure stats, just because LeBron, by the time he finishes, he'll be like the, uh, scored the most points in history and mm-hmm. he'll be in like top five in literally every other stat there is. Yeah. Um, but there's just something about Jordan that like, he just was, incredible yeah i i remember the other week i don't know what happened to to start me on this but i went into a michael jordan and a highlights rabbit hole yeah. where i just was wa- watching old clips and yeah like you forget you forget yeah. what he was like yeah no there. he was insane it was yeah it, you know so I mean, and I mean, I remember those feelings of watching. I remember as a kid watching Michael Jordan on TV or Barry Sanders, like, and watching those clips took me back there. And I, I just remember watching him play even as a kid being like, this is, yeah, like I can, even as a kid, understand like how you'll, you'll never see something like this again. But now, you know, LeBron, uh, I, I think I think it's it's interesting too. Like, I'm not a sports historian or commentator. Sure, like, I'm just a mild fan. But I, I feel like the game has changed. Like, it's almost not oh, of fair course. to compare. Everyone says like, "Who's the greatest of all time?" And it's kind of like that's that's not. You can't just ask that question outside of the context of like. It's almost like Jordan and LeBron are playing different. They games, are, yeah. They they know? play diff. They play different, obviously, in different times, and the game is different. And they have completely different play styles, mm-hmm. completely different play styles. But, I mean, the comparison is going to be made regardless. Yeah, it's going to be made, but but it does feel like I mean, yeah. So anyway, um, but yeah, so it does feel kind of like that. I don't know if maybe it's just because I was a kid then too, but but with Jordan, it just feels unique, like all time unique. But I don't know if maybe I was like, but that's what I mean. That's eight like, years old growing like up. If LeBron, LeBron can beat the greatest regular season team of all time in the finals, and like obviously there were some ex- extenuating circumstances there with mm-hmm. Draymond getting suspended and I think Bogut went out but you also look at the series before that right um the series that they lost the year before mm-hmm. 
um, when Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love were out and they had not signed all of this other, you know, uh, talent yet, you know, Kyle Korver wasn't there, Darren, all these other players weren't there. They were missing Kyle Love and Kyrie Irving. The Warriors were more, were this pretty much the same exact team mm-hmm. as the team that then went on to win 73 regular season teams. And LeBron somehow managed to beat that team twice. Right. right? Just without sheer... their two superstars, just but, LeBron. Yeah. And it's just as like, I mean, that to me is almost more impressive than coming back from three to one with a completely healthy team. You know, what's really impressive. Um, I just checked the score. San Antonio is up by 19 at halftime. Good. Without Kawhi Leonard. Although, yeah, that's true. He's because he's uh, his ankle. But but I, you know, and I will say I almost wanted to see the Rockets play the Warriors more just because of their play style. Mm-hmm. I just feel like that would have been a more exciting series than the Spurs. And I like the Spurs, but they are kind of a boring basketball team. Yeah. Yeah, they, they are. But they're they're a they're more of like a force. I don't know if that's just Popovich, like his aura, but the Spurs men might not be flashy, but they feel like like a battleship. Like you just yeah. feel like uh, a unit is out there uh, competing, and that's uh, that's interesting. To me. Uh, as a lover of the fundamentals. <laughs> Sure. The X's and O's. Yeah, yeah, I'm an X's and O's guy. I'm a uh <laughs> shoot a free throw from between your legs type right. of guy. You yeah. know? <clears throat> but uh I wanted to also uh tonight maybe talk about something that we are authorities on for the first time ever. I feel like basketball probably got as close as we've ever gotten in the history of Yeah, speaking of, this show. of editing out, I may just edit out every single thing we talked about about sports. Why? Because I don't know how interesting it is to people who aren't into sports. We just, and even we, we are into it. sports, I have no idea how to talk about basketball. Right? We killed it. Sure. Listen, we need that in there. What you can cut is... I'm sorry, or if you'll just straight up like apologize would be mm. nice. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever started it as fresh as you are. Yeah, I think most of the time I get into that, I will. It's at the tail end, and so I'm able to like go to the begin, like with like the Kings of Leon thing. Right, it was like I was reading a news story about him getting attacked on Twitter for the stupid thing he said. So yeah, the basis, right? Right, I was able to go back to what he said, and then what was it again? What did he say? I've totally I forgot the controversy he, already. He's put out something that was like, it was just something stupid like, "Hey, adults, maybe stop wrestling." Oh yeah, like about that. wrestling. And then a bunch of independent wrestlers started making fun of him on Twitter, and then for some reason he went after like a woman independent wrestler who was making fun of him. And he just said, close your legs. <laughs> right. Which doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make really. any sense. 
Um, but then by the end of he 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 was just kind of like he pulled the it's just a joke. It was just the yeah. whole thing was just a joke. I was joking to begin with. You guys can't take a joke or whatever. But I, I do that. I definitely if there is a story, I I am definitely super guilty. I mean, at I guess I don't do it if I'm not at work because uh-huh. at work is the is at work quote unquote is the only real time I would have to follow something like that that closely. But I definitely will be like. All right, let me go to this person's Twitter at the top of the hour, every hour for the rest of the time at work, and just see how this develops. So, <clears throat> this guy, because to currently the explosion at the Manchester Arena where uh-huh. Ariana Grande was performing, it's still ongoing. They're still right. dealing with it. What I guess really upsets me, there's a combination with this guy. Number one, his first Twitter post, which is literally like, it's almost as if he anticipated this event happening. Mm -hmm. He says, in all capitals, multiple confirmed fatalities. That's all in caps. Mm -hmm. He's like, and then at Manchester Arena, the last time I listened to Ariana Grande, I I almost died too. Mm -hmm. So I think on the one hand, He's starting off acknowledging that there are multiple fatalities. Mm-hmm. Like he's not, he's not even leaving him the room of being like, listen, man, I was just, you know, making a joke. Like, nope, you're actually using an event where you know people died to tell a really crappy joke. Yeah. The second thing that I find infuriating is the guy's picture, which again, I'm not elevating myself in this whole thing mm-hmm. but he looks like a complete tool like yeah i think he's probably just like dumb well i mean here's the thing he's verified oh is he really yeah who he, is he he has almost sixty thousand followers uh-huh his name is david leavitt he's a twitch streamer oh well freelance I mean, writer yeah. for cbs axs yahoo examiner huh. he reviews games does he have like a twitch name on there um, he has, oh, and apparently he has over 176,000 vine loops. So <laughs> something to be, you know, speaking of which, about. I actually had a story I wanted to talk about a quick story that ties into this. Uh, huh. I saw one of the most depressing things I've ever seen this morning when I was exercising, I was so I go out in this neighborhood. Was behind. it you exercising? Yeah, it was my own reflection, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, we've talked about that before. And yes, that, that image probably trumps this. <laughs> but so I'm running around this neighborhood and uh, I'm like running in front of a house and there's a bunch of sidewalk chalk. There's like a bunch of chalk art on the sidewalk. And as I'm running, I look down and I see some little girl has written what I'm presuming is her Twitter handle. It just said at the at sign <laughs> and then a Twitter name. It was like a girl. It was like the name was like Michelle, but it was spelled weird. Right. And it was in like a kid's handwriting. And I just couldn't believe it. Like, right. I just saw like an, like an eight, either an eight or nine year old little girl's Twitter handle or like a mom playing with her daughter who is so 
into Twitter that she wrote her Twitter handle in Sidewalk Chalk. Yeah, it's like you you're living the update of Sleepless in Seattle. Where it's no longer <laughs> like radio outreach. It's just scribbling your Twitter handle everywhere and hoping that somebody reaches out from the void. Yeah. You gotta really involve street team, maybe. Right. But yeah, I, I don't know. That's Twitter is like Twitter sucks. Right, like the people on Twitter suck. The platform sucks. Does it doesn't it, do anything good. It name one thing that Twitter does that's good well, that I'm, outweighs the bad stuff. It just is a platform for trolls at this point. That's well, all it is. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of. I guess here's here's another question. It's trolls, or it's that guy who thinks he's funny making jokes. Here, yeah. Here's the thing, though. Like. I guess my question is, does shining a light on a particular group of people or, you know, this kind of trollish behavior, does that increase the number of trolls or does that actually help us define bad behavior that we can help combat and fight against? So, you know, part of the, you know, part of the issue that we've talked about on this podcast and I've said it is that I think Obama just by him serving two terms has just brought out all the racist trolls from our country. And it's kind of like popped the zit, you know, and now we're being overrun with this kind of like racist rhetoric. But at the same time, it is like Fox News is in an absolute tailspin because is it in a tailspin though? Yeah, like financially, ratings wise. Well, I mean, if you look at you know what happened to Bill Riley, and now like I just read a report talking about um, Fox News personalities, hosts, and pundits are all furious with Sean Hannity because he's perpetuating this Rich Hill conspiracy that he was murdered by oh, you mean seth rich seth rich yeah sorry mm-hmm. can't even get his name right rich i know i was i think we know what side of the conspiracy <laughs> you fall on <laughs> but uh you know like i feel like at this point the trump presidency has exposed you, you saw a thing where anderson cooper was talking to that paid pundit who he's like the president could take a dump on his desk and you would defend it um, it, it's just kind of like exposing everybody's motivations, Republican senators and representatives. Like they have no place to hide anymore because you can see that they are just about their party. They don't care about like healthcare reform. They don't care about a budget. They just want to win. Like they're just trying to push anything through. Sure. And I, you know, they, they were always there. Like, <clears throat> Those people would have served, I think, I think they'd be happier with the Democratic president because they could like rail against something. It, you know, it's, just, it's the same thing about like once they got their way, mm-hmm. you realize like Republicans didn't have anything. Their, their health care right. bill was nothing because yeah. it's so much easier to just rail against something than actually propose something positive. Right. Now that they're being forced to do that, they got nothing. So part of me thinks like you, 
you give a platform for people to expose themselves on their trollish behavior or whatever, that sunlight is the best disinfectant, Mm -hmm. you know? And I, I kind of believe that. And so I, I almost wonder if like Twitter is a platform for trolls, but it also is something that we can hold people accountable for their trollish behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's there, like look at Trump, right? Everyone can just go back in his history and pull out any tweet to contradict whatever he's saying. Yeah. And that, and that's the same for like this guy, which is why I, I keep refreshing it is like, I'm waiting for him to be like, thanks guys. I lost my job. Now are you happy? It was just a joke, you know? Mm-hmm. And be like, yeah, dude, you could have been saying that stuff, that toxic stuff to your small commune of people and like gotten away with it. But you said it on a big platform other people saw it, they called you out, and now you're like identified by other people in your field as like, we're not gonna use that idiot. Yeah. Because of that. I don't know. I don't know. That's my that's my counter argument. I guess I'm just unsure on the accountability aspect of it. I just don't know how accountable it keeps people. And I think I have a hot take but I'm now having trouble reconciling it with, because I think I'm just a contrarian at heart mm-hmm. and I want, I just want to disagree with what you're saying for whatever reason. Yeah. But my hot take is only supported by what you're saying. And my hot take is that I think in the long run, five to 10 years, maybe longer, Trump's presidency will be looked at as a net positive mm-hmm. because I think it's, I think it, or at least I'm hoping it's bringing that sort of change that you're talking about or that sort of accountability that like, hey, look, you, you, you really can't just go on Twitter and say whatever nasty thing pops into your head because, yeah, it's only words or it's only a joke, but, you know, it's just it's not really necessary maybe, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, And it's like the jokes you would say to your college buddies in the safety of your dorm room may just be jokes. But it really just doesn't really fly when you put it out in the public like that. Even if everyone knows it's a joke, there's just something about like airing it out like that that just, I guess, gives it like a, just like a tinge of just like, this is like gross. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is, I mean, this is an idealistic hot take. And I, I'm not like, it's not like I've thought deeply about this or I have a lot of proof to back it up. And, and I guess the counterpoint to what we're saying is the John Ronson book. So you've been publicly shamed where you get these like Twitter justice, you know, folks who are kind of policing for bad tweets and uh, just throwing people like out there. Mm -hmm. And sometimes like, like any human endeavor, they can be wrong. Yeah. And even if they're not wrong, sometimes it's not scaled to, you know, the actual tweet. And, uh, and a person ends up facing far more repercussions for, you know, their sin. So I, I think that that's the, that's the other point is that it's not like a perfect one-in-one comparison. I, I don't, I tend to try not to blame the medium because then you get into the whole like, well, you know, like uh, violent video games produce violent behavior or video games or art are responsible, 
which I don't think we agree with. And so Twitter is not making people. Uh, you trolls. don't agree with that. There's a lot. There's a lot more of a gray area in that for me than there is for you. Uh, no, I I agree with the gray area, but not as a cause effect. Like you, I do not believe that you can say like the cause. Right, but or, you can't say that about anything on a one to one basis. Yeah, like it, it could be an element, but there's always something deeper, especially when you're talking about violence. Which, sure, but even that thing that's deeper is not a one to one causation. Yeah, you, you can't just say. Oh, this person shot up a school because he's mentally handicapped because there's millions of people who are mentally handicapped who don't shoot up schools. It's a yeah. combination of everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's a combination. But I, again, we, we've talked about it. Mm -hmm. I do think that art plays a smaller piece of the pie than other factors. Yeah. And I, I mean, think to try sure. to increase that, that to be like, no, I reject that. It's because he saw the matrix 17 times or it's because he watched dark Knight. 44 times that made him act this way. It's like, that is, that is a, a tool. That is a method sure, by which he, but I'm to. willing to acknowledge that for that person, that movie plays a much larger role in their life than it did for other people. Mm -hmm. But, it, but having not made that movie would not have prevented that person from being I, violent. I mean, that's impossible to know. I don't, I don't think that's possible to know. I very well could have. I mean, I think you could probably make a good case to say, like, if the Dark Knight had never been made, uh, that guy wouldn't have dressed up like the Joker from the Dark Knight and shot up a movie theater. No, I mean, he wouldn't have dressed up like the Dark Knight. You don't. I mean, That's, you don't know that. No, but, but you don't I mean, know that. Nobody but, knows. That's but, yeah. But I mean, I think the one thing that you're not factoring in is the implication of your of your charge or whatever your hot take right the implication is if we could save a life then what is the value of you know a piece of art that would put a life at risk i, I can't think of anything i mean you could say like listen i'm going to paint the the mona lisa and 500 people are going to die because of it but wait till you see this picture you know no you wouldn't trade that Right. So, I mean, what, what you're implying is the fact that art is an, is a potential instigator. Therefore, how can we support the, the creation of art? I'm not saying that. I'm just acknowledging it. I'm no, just no, acknowledging but, it. That's all I'm doing. But I'm, I'm fine with the hypocrisy. I'm fine with the contradiction. I understand there might be some contradiction involved. I'm fine with that because I think inherently people are hypocrites. Like, there's no way getting around that. Like, there's no way I can structure my life and my belief set in such a way that I am from A to finish logically consistent. There's always going to be some sort of hypocritical nature in what I believe and what I do or what I believe about A and what I believe about B. I, I'm, just, I'm just acknowledging it. That's all. I'm just saying that I think it plays, I think it can play a bigger role and it's worth talking about more than how it gets treated in some mediums like video games where it's like bringing it up bringing up the idea that violence in video games causes children to be violent even in a little way it's almost like as taboo as bringing up uh you know like pedophilia charges against a teacher or something right it's like you just don't do it and i'm not like going to go to bat for the video gaming community i don't think it's that serious of a topic right i just think it's 
it's it's more interesting. It deserves a little bit more insight than just completely brushing it off. So, I mean, that kind of pivots a little bit to something else that I, I wanted to bring up, which is Twin Peaks started back up. Uh, did you ever watch? I watched some of the first season, and that show sucks. Like like recently, or do you watch it like back in college? Um, no, I, I I watched it. I watched like the first three or four episodes when they announced that it was coming back because the only thing I had ever seen of it was, was the movie. And the only reason we ever walked with, right. The only reason me and Marco, the only reason we ever watched that was because our youth pastor at the time told us that it was like the the most demonic movie he'd ever seen. So we were like, of course we've got to watch this. And it scared the crap out of us. Right. <clears throat> but I never went back and watched the show. Mm-hmm. I think it was like before my time, really, right? Like, it, no, it, 90s. Yeah. So I was in high school. Like, I'm not yeah, watching like watch. indie television hits when I'm in high school. Well, that, that's one of the things that right? Twin I'm Peaks was on. to like Limb Biscuit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gross. <laughs> yeah. You listen to Limb Biscuit? Yeah, in high school. Ugh. But it's like, so I'd never watched it when it came out. Um, and so when they announced it, I went back and watched the first three or four. And it just was like, I don't know. It just, I understand that it's David Lynch. And I don't think I really have a great relationship with David Lynch's stuff. So here's, It just seems weird for the sake of weird. Okay, today. so here's the thing. That's exactly what I wanted to talk about. The older I get, and you kind of talk about being comfortable with the contradictions. I think the older that I get, the less that I want to talk about or the less value I see in having like standard conversations that other people might view as kind of like superficially important. Um, I told you about the stand-up Maria Bamford uh, is a stand-up. She has a new special on Netflix Mm -hmm. called Old Baby. Right. And she has this thing about Chit chat, how she hates chit chat. How it's just like chit and then chat and mm-hmm. chit and chat. And the way that she says it, it's it, it's so dismissive and it's so true. It's like I am repulsed by standard greetings now of like today was Monday. Mm-hmm. Guess what everybody said in my office when I was like, How are you doing? Monday, mm-hmm. right? Or like Wednesdays. I just I that stuff now is is anathema. To me. Mm-hmm. I can't stand it. And in place of that, where before I maybe wanted, I had a desire to like fit in and to have and to be part of that. Now I find as I get older, <clears throat> I just don't have any value in that. Mm-hmm. I don't. There's no patience for it. There's no patience for it. And secondly, David Lynch is making a whole lot more sense to me. Before we move on, can I say that I had a moment that today that exemplified that I had to go to a, a meeting today, uh-huh. and uh, I'm at this meeting. We're just sitting. First of all, this meeting is in a weird place because it's like uh, it's in the second floor of this business. I, I, you've ever you've called like a like a like a maybe like a just any company to like pay a bill or something. Or like any company on the phone you call. I always make them call me Well, when it comes to But when you're talking to them in the background, you hear like a bunch of background noise. Uh And you always think to yourself like, can't, like, are they like, like, what is going on? Why is it not quite in the garage? It's because they're in buildings like this where it's like this giant room 
And the people who are doing like bi- financial, like bill collecting stuff are in these open cubicles surrounding right. the room. And then in the middle of the room is me and like 10 other people listening to this presentation <laughs> for like mobile asset management software. And it's like, what is And I'm like hearing people talk on the phone. Anyways, so I'm sitting next to this um, uh, guy I work with. He's a supervisor. I don't really work with him, but he's at the meeting with me. And this, uh, th- this is something I always have to deal with, and I've, I still don't know what to say. Um, but usually I try and make something up. This time I don't know what happened. I just mm-hmm. malfunctioned, I guess. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this com- but this comes up every, every single meeting I'm at. Towards the end of the meeting, this guy who's sitting next to me is like an older guy in his 50s. He turns to me and goes, you're pretty quiet, huh, George? And I just was like, yep. And that was it. <laughs> and then it was just completely silent Nailed between it. us for like the rest of the meeting. I didn't try and like justify it all. I just was like, there was like a good 10 or 20 seconds where I was like, I should follow that up with something. But then I just like picked up my phone and started looking at Reddit. <laughs> just like, I'm not even, I'm not even going to give it a shot. Yeah. See that, that's where you and I differ. I try and give it a shot. I'll give it a shot to talk about something. Uh, that at least I find interesting. <laughs> Which, I just which couldn't do it. I don't selfish. know why. I don't know why. It was like the easiest thing in the world. Right. But I just literally couldn't think of anything yeah. to say. Yeah. I just, it's just like, what am I supposed to say to that? Like, yeah, I'm just a quiet, quiet person, yep. which sounds like defensive. And I don't want to be de- like weird and defensive. So I just will be weird and not say anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some people can pull off being, I think you can pull off being quiet. I think for me, I can't, I can't be settled in that. Like I would just start sweating profusely or. Uh-huh. People would be like, are you okay? It's like, I'm sorry. I'm trying not to talk to people and I can't. Uh-huh. I got to I gotta say something. I can't hold it. Um, but yeah, David Lynch is making a lot more sense, you know? Oh, really? Yeah. I just, I find myself being drawn to the absurd. Like the absurd, I'm at that stage of my life mm-hmm. where the absurdity of life and existence and the randomness seems to make more sense to me or hold more appeal than... The people are like, hey, I figured it out. I kind of know what this is all about, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and maybe it's, it's, again, going back to Twitter, maybe this is a point in your argument, um, is that I'm inundated with these people. Like, the only people who follow me anymore are the people who friend me or, you know, whatever, follow me. Mm-hmm. And then you look and they have, like, they're following mm-hmm. 80 million people. Right. And they have 20 million followers. They're essentially like spam, spam accounts. Yeah. But, but what they are is they're also like all motivation. Like, they're like almost all of them are yeah. like, be your best self. Like, yeah. I got a new pamphlet coming out. You mm-hmm. know, like, uh, t- you know, they're all like Tim Ferriss acolytes who yeah. just like, I mean, come on, man. Like, if that, if that is the way that I need to live, to maximize my life, then it really, I, I don't know the life that they're living to make it worth it, you know, for the principles that they're talking about. So it's like, rather than that, I'd rather watch a radiator lady with a moon face mm-hmm. dance and sing and uh, see alien creatures get born, you know, mm-hmm. like a racer head is kind of like, this guy gets it. This guy gets life. He gets it way more than Tim freaking Ferris, you know, or Synecdoche, New York. Mm-hmm. Like that movie's making a lot more sense to me. Sure. 
I never saw that either. You did? I thought you did. <laughs> well, Justin, when you're ready to move on to uh, elevate to the next phase of we existence. We did watch the uh, first episode of The Keepers. Is that, what, is that what it's called? Yeah, I'm really interested in it. Have you started it yet? No. It's uh, good. It's interesting. I fell asleep unintentionally towards the end, so I kind of need to watch, I think, like the last 10 minutes, mm-hmm. the first episode. But it was it was good. It, it does it does border on the line that that me you and and Rob have been talking about recently about like true crime stuff just being too depressing. Yeah. Um. Because it's it's about the murder of these two women, right? And it just is like I don't. Know, it just gets into some details where you're just like I don't know. I don't know if it's like a if it's like a if it's like a fatherhood thing or if it's like a just a as you become an adult sort of thing. But it just is like, I, I just can't help, but I just can't help. But like, I, I don't know, just like, like, like you probably unhealthily emphasize with this person. Like, like I just can't help, but like put myself in this situation where this person's like been murdered and you're just like, man, this is where, and you start thinking about like, what they're thinking about in like their last moments. And you're just like, man, this is so depressing. I just don't know how much of this I can really take not to make it about myself. Right. (laughs) But it just is like, man, this is, this is too much. But at the same time, I never, I don't think I ever really felt that way about, um, what, what was it called? Mommy dead, mommy, dead, mommy, dearest, mommy, dead, mommy, dearest. Yeah. Um, even though that's, you know, just as bad as, you know, the keepers. Yeah. Well, I think that it's because the, the mother in that is so unlikable that it's also treated a little bit as a mystery, right? Because for maybe the first 20 minutes, you're not totally sure what's going on. Yeah. Well, they kind of lead off with this detective really laying into her daughter and being like, right. you know, so you're kind of like, okay, she's involved somehow. Yeah. But yeah, it does twist to be like, it's not so simple. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the the keepers. She she was like a nice lady, right? Like, right. Yeah, it's two yeah. two nuns, two nuns who were just yeah. like they're not. I mean, and I guess it gets into it further into the series. But yeah, they were just disappeared and then found dead. Yeah. Or I don't know if they found the other woman yet. But um, I did want to ask you what you thought about the sentencing for the girl from Mommy Dead. Dead Mommy Dearest. Because by the end, she gets, I think, 10 years in jail. Mm-hmm. And the guy who actually did the murders gets life, maybe? I'm not sure. He gets a very harsh sentence, as yeah. he should, because yeah. he murdered somebody. Right. Um, you know, on that one, she was, she was tortured mm-hmm. for her entire life. So do you think she should be in jail at all? Um... I, you know, like on that stuff, I feel like I'd have to have seen every, like I, I am always trying to temper myself with the fact that because I watched a documentary does not mean I am now like an expert on the situation. So on this, I, I am kind of, you know, I, I still want to defer to the people who actually sat through the whole trial, Mm -hmm. but without being able able to kind of propose a different sense, I would say I can understand and agree with how they got to their sen- sentencing. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
you know, it's basically kind of it, and the way that she that she did it was not in any way of like self defense, obviously, mm-hmm. but mentally with all that she she was told right. and the way she was raised, you could almost say any act against her mother was in self defense, like any violent right. act at any point where their mom was just sleeping or was actually in the process of attacking her. Um, you know, I, I, I could be like, okay, I could see that, you yeah. know? And I have to say that I was kind of surprised in her interviews, how clearly her thoughts came out. Like she, yeah, she seems pretty normal, pretty normal. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the other thing where it's like, that either makes me feel like how much of the previous thing was an act or how much of it, like without the specter of her mother is is her brain now able to like, to just be like, Oh, okay. I can, I can now think and process the world the way I should have been. Yeah. I thought the whole sentencing thing almost seemed like a formality to me. Like it, it, it got kind of a vibe from like, uh, what was the Jack Black movie where he kills the woman that everyone hates? Yeah. But it's like, everyone's kind of like, yeah, we hated her. So we don't really mind that he killed her. You yes. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I got that kind of a vibe from it. It's like, yeah, everyone is acknowledging this woman is pretty terrible. And so no one is, I mean, even her father is kind of oh, like, man. doesn't really care. You yeah. know what I mean? That was one of the most shocking yeah. things in the whole thing is the way that he kind of shrugs. Well, because the, the the documentary documentarian is like, did she get what she deserved? Yeah, and they're basically like, yep, yeah, like the stepmom and and her real dad. So the whole thing kind of felt like a formality, and it kind of made me think like, like why don't you, you might as well just let her out of jail? You know what I mean? Like it kind of feels like everyone's just kind of like, yeah, she did this, but it's she kind of deserved it. And it's like, we're kind of, we're just putting her in jail because we kind of have to, because that's the legal system. Yeah. <clears throat> so I thought that was interesting. Yeah. But worth watching. I, I thought that was good too. Yeah. It's a little, like I said, a little depression porny. Like it's, it's just every, yeah, it, everybody yeah, is just, it slogs down a little bit. Oh. Oh. Oh, one thing I did want to address, and because this will be edited kind of weird, it may like it will tie into stuff we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. Two things I wanted to come full circle on. First thing, the NBA playoffs have been terrible, (laughs) absolutely terrible since the last time we talked about them. They've been total garbage. Even last night's game? Even I didn't even watch it because it's like they've been nothing but blowouts. And then Isaiah Thomas goes out and you think, oh, now they're really going to get blown. And they lose. But even that is just like I still – but you know what they lose? Because LeBron had a terrible game, which just goes to show you like how bad the Cavs really are mm-hmm. when it's like they can't – when like when one player on their team has a bad game – they can't beat the team that they just beat by almost 50 points. Yeah. And like, I understand LeBron and he's like the greatest player, but it's like, I mean that to me, that game is probably single handedly. My argument for LeBron James being the MVP <laughs> yeah. for every single year that he's in the league. You know what yep. I mean? Like his team is in the playoffs, but without him, they would be like last Nobody. in the East. Yeah. Even with Kyrie and Kim, but, but anyways, 
the playoffs have been garbage, absolutely terrible, like unwatchable, terrible. And the Warriors and Spurs series would have been great if Kawhi didn't get injured. Oh yeah, but How, it just how's has, that going tonight? It just has sucked. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that's not even a, but yeah, it's been bad. Um, and then I wanted to follow up on after all of the rantings and ravings about daily fantasy sports, right? The weather and 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 setting the lineup and getting locked out. You actually won money on that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly Update. what fantasy sports is, <laughs> and that's why it's so frustrating. Well, no, it, there there is method to the to to the madness. I I actually have tried to figure out a good balance to keep it keep it going. I think I think I figured it out. It makes sense. I won't get into it here. Sure. Not interesting, <laughs> but it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> since we're already kind of going out of sequence, uh, I want to give a quick update. So we started talking about uh, the David Leavitt tweets. Oh, sure. So. Since then. Since, since an then, hour ago. Yeah. So literally his first tweet was two hours ago. I mean, he was right on top of yeah. the tragedy. He got like the Google News alert, and, <laughs> and was he like, was. Just, I've got a tweet about this, and he had two jokes. He did the, he did the multiple confirmed fatalities, and, and again, in all caps, like he's weirdly celebratory. Like right. it's crazy. And then he followed that up with uh, how he thought an Ariana Grande was something ordered at Starbucks, right? Yeah. Then uh, an hour later, he gets. Uh, he posts that he's blocking people. Mm. Can't uh, take the heat because he's getting cursed at too. Poor baby. Then an hour. Well, I mean, what does he expect? Like, honestly, what do you expect? An if hour, you tweet like something that, like, li- you have to be aware of that. Yeah. An hour after that, he tweets too soon. The question. <laughs> He's doubling down. Yeah. And then 23 minutes ago, he tweets, sorry for the number four offending. Didn't realize the magnitude of the tragedy. I always make stupid jokes about whatever's tw- trending. Condolences. Number two families. No period. Maybe that's like a character limitation thing. But I honestly think if you're if you're going in, I think at that point you have to double down and you have like a you have all of that. And then you're just like, didn't realize how much people really like Ariana Grande. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you right. just have to go for it. Like you can't like that tweet is going to do nothing. Yeah. That apology is going to do nothing for you. Yeah. Except make you seem like a wiener. Right. Like if you're going to be an asshole, just like do it. You know what I mean, don't be this like wiener who's right like, well here's the one thing he didn't delete those previous tweets yeah but no 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 what, what, what's your feeling on that honestly like like that that's strangely kind of like yeah stand by it i guess like don't scrub your your, well, your, yeah, your my, history i mean i guess my this and this might be short-sighted but my my viewpoint is just like it's being archived somewhere else so it's like what's the point of deleting it? right like You've People said it's already you've it's already been made a stink of. 
And so, yeah, it's already been screen grabbed. It's already been archived. Like, everyone's going to... But at the same time, like, you could then go to his Twitter a year from now and never see those things and have no idea that he ever did this. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's all I got. Me too.